What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. This is episode number 90. We're 10 away from 100. We were talking about before we might do something different for the 100th one, but we're going to have to come up with something. We got just over two months. so, And it it's going to fall right in there about perfect time to be in the woods. So I may just bail on you guys and be hunting anyway. So but we'll just leave yeah. we'll yeah. just leave Nate and Jeff here to do it. There you go. Yeah. That'll be our special 100th. It'll just yeah. be Nate and Nate. Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> the, tater, the Tater and Jeff. We'll see what they can come up with for the 100th. The Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the guest will just be whatever happens between the two of them. <laughs> the culmination of the two of them will be the guest. Well, maybe, the we, maybe we should rethink that. Well, we'll come up with something. Anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in for another week. We got Cole Thompson in here that we're going to talk to today. He is the founder, owner, operator. Uh, he runs the Deer and Beer Fest up in Bloomington, which is a show we're going to be at on the 25th, 26th, and 27th of August. I have a booth number, but I don't remember it. So if you guys are up there, make sure you stop by and say hi. Me and Dad will be up there, and Rod, uh, he doesn't do anything with us on the podcast, but he was up there with me last year. He helps to do some stuff. So you get to stop by and say hi. I see what we got in the booth. We'll probably do at least one episode from up there at the show. We might try to get some guests on from up there. But anyway, Cole runs that whole show. It's a fairly new show, I found out today. But it's run like one that's been around for 10-plus years. So it's a really good show. He's going to tell you all about why you should come, I think, uh, I think you'll be plenty entertained if you do show up, to say the least, and you have a chance to win some pretty good prizes, sounded like, as well. So before we get into the episode, though, don't forget about our sponsor, Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for a piece of ground to manage and hunt, or if you got a piece of ground that you're looking to get on the market, maybe you just want to know what is out there on the market, kind of get uh, get the ball rolling on finding something, Rodney's the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Midwest Farm and Land is not your average real estate company. If you guys listen to the podcast, you know that they sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info, you can contact Rodney at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got his own company called RG Outdoors. Right now they've got blinds from Radix Blinds. They've got an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust, which we have here in the studio that we're going to try this fall, see how it works. We'll be honest with you whether we think it works or not. If it can keep Jeff from getting busted. It's got to work. Buy an old doe, then we know it works. Absolutely. If it doesn't, then... I mean, the jury's well, no, still Jeff out. Still stinks. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to try it on everybody else too. But anyway, <laughs> he's also got Tacticam trail cameras, and he's got burner self defense weapons too. So anything that he's got, you're interested in, or to keep up with any of the new stuff he's got coming in the shop all the time, you can send him a message. Follow him on their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. You can email him at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com, or again, just call Rodney directly at six one eight nine two five three one five three. Our website is ridgehunteroutdoors.com if you see anything on there you like whether it be the scents or the food plot seed or the shirts or whatever else is on there you can use the discount code rhopod that's all caps no space and you get 10 percent off your entire order the first time there you can also find the podcast on there so all of our other podcasts wherever you're listening to this they're on the website as well if you're listening on apple podcast or spotify make sure you follow us leave us a review we really appreciate that and it helps us out as well same thing on youtube like any of the videos, comment, subscribe to that, hit the notification bell. You know when stuff comes out. I just put a video up Sunday, yesterday, uh, from the last update we did at Nate's place. He did some 
disking out there, getting stuff ready to put beans in. He's actually got those planted now. They're starting to come up, so I'm going to try to get with him and get an update video on that soon, and then we'll have that one coming out. But to know when it comes out, make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We suggest Ridge Hunter Outdoors. Our social media, too, is a place you can keep up with us, uh, what's going on with the podcast or stuff like that. That's Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram. And then we have a Facebook group, RHO Podcast Patrons. For all those of you that listen to the podcast, you just asked to join. It'll ask you a couple questions, and you can get in there, get some exclusive content. We'll tell you the guests we have coming up when I can in advance. That way, if you have questions for them, you can ask them. Uh, we'll ask them on the podcast for you guys. And, you know, it gives you a place to give some feedback or suggestions for what you want to see or guests you'd like to hear from. So, all that aside... Let's get to the conversation with Cole Thompson from the Illinois Deer and Beer Fest on episode number 90. This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. All right, we got Cole Thompson with us this week for episode number 90. He is the founder, owner, operator of Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. He's also got a bow shop up in Champaign that we just learned about. Cole, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. So you're just getting into that busy season. Yes, sir. You're about to get really busy, I'd assume, there at the shop. Yeah, yeah. August 1, every year. It's like everybody wakes up and says, oh, man, bow season's two <laughs> months away. Right. I haven't touched my bow since last season. I better take it to the bow shop. Literally. <laughs> yep. Go bring it to that guy. Let it be his problem to get set up. That's that's it. I, I make everybody else's problems my problem yep. all the time for these next few months. Yep. And it's uh, a lot of hours, too. Odd hours. I'm assuming. Yeah. Especially during the season. Yeah. I mean, I'm here seven days a week. I'm here all the time. Yep. Because when, when somebody's bow breaks in deer season, it doesn't matter what else is going on, you got to fix it. That's it. That's the only That's thing in the for. world right there. Somebody's bow breaks. The yeah. only thing in the world. Yeah. Been there, done that. I'm the guy. I'm <laughs> yeah, the guy. I hear you. So you don't get a lot of time to hunt then, or do you have enough staff you sneak away once in a while, Cole, or what? I hunt a lot of mornings before I open at 10 a.m. Ah, cool. Yeah. yeah, we used to open at yeah. 11, so I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to make it work, I guess, around, around doing that I when got- you got a bow shop, but. I guess the the yeah. good thing is most guys that need stuff worked on are are out hunting when you are in the mornings at least. Yeah, that's it too. Yeah. Yep. So I, I get out in the mornings and occasionally I can slip out. I got I got a pretty good crew here. Yeah. So occasionally I'll just un you know just randomly decide hey the the wind's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it should be on that cycle. I'm out of here. You know. Right. Right. So. So let's get a little bit about your background because obviously you're a big hunter. Obviously you're running a bow shop and the the deer and beer fest now so where did when did you get your start in hunting was it a family thing like did you did your old man take you did your grandpa did your some family member a friend where'd you get started in all that my dad my dad started this bow shop in the early 90s okay so i grew i grew up in an archery shop so you know it's always something he did and i went with him you Mm -hmm. know all the time i looked up to him for it got into it myself killed my first year when i was eight years old nice you know, it was on so uh what kind of bows was your dad selling back in the mid 90s in the mid 90s buddy it would have been high country <laughs> i was that's Jennings. what i would have guessed yeah 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 um i think martin might even have been in the picture yeah. there a little shortly afterwards and, uh, probably 
Yeah. Um, there's Hoyts and PSCs. Mm-hmm. PSCs are a big one. Yeah. So what was your first? We're actually we're in Champaign, Illinois, so PSC actually originated right in our hometown, Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So what what was your first bow that you were killing deer with? Oh, it was a PSC Spider. Oh yeah. It's yep. it's amazing how many guys' first bow was it like a PSE or a Hoyt, yep. like, especially in the like twenty five to thirty five age range. You know, I remember I got the spider, but I really wanted the, the baby G force. Yeah, I couldn't pull it back. Right, I only made it like a sixty or seventy pound. I could not pull it back. So right, you know. Yep. Uh, Dad was a Bowtech, well, high country at one point, and then ended up being a Bowtech dealer. So my first bow was a Bowtech. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's your first new bow was a bow take. Your first bow was a, like a hand me down hike. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I got I moved on to my first uh, adult sized bow was a old high country split limb bow that I got hand me down. I'm sure you remember those. Yeah, some of the first yep. some of the first split limbs to come out, I believe, were high country. I think it might have, the first carbon bow might have been high country. That you uh, are correct. Yes, carbon forerunner, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. carbon fiber, something absolutely. Like yeah, yeah. So we're talking, what what kind of year range are we looking at when you're killing your first deer at eight years old? Late 90s? It would have been mid-90s, mid like 94. Okay, yep, cool. 94, 95, yep. So you got started even before, because really it seemed like there was a pretty good boom on bow hunting late 90s, early 2000s, I would say, maybe even mid, mid to early 90s. But you were kind of getting in it right in that sweet spot where things were starting to advance, I think, and people it was starting to become more popular. Yeah, I did not tell many very or tell very many kids at school I bow hunted. It was not like a you <laughs> right. know popular thing to do. You right, know? it was definitely like a it was a me thing mm-hmm, for sure. So from there, you move up um, into high school, I guess. Did you know you wanted to run the bow shop at that point, or no. did you have something else you wanted to do? No, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, my dad <laughs> did all kinds of stuff, you know, but he was. Uh, so uh, my grandfather started a hobby store in 1965. My dad also ran that. Okay. So he had, he was selling radio control hobbies, uh, models and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, uh, started the bow shop in the nineties. And then even in the nineties, this is kind of interesting. He started a company called blimp tech okay. where he, he actually built radio control blimps and flew them around the U of I football stadium. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, in basketball stadium. Okay. Yeah, like 50, 60 foot radio control blimps flying around the football stadium. Was so, was he flying them for advertising purposes? So, yeah, or? he was putting banners on the side. Okay. And yep. ads on. Yep. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never heard of blimp tech, so I assume it didn't last it, very long. It, you know, yeah, it was a short lived thing. <laughs> yeah. Radio control blimps kind of got surpassed along the way. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't really. Yeah. That's still pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was cool. You know, it was cool. My my childhood, a uh, little lucky childhood. We got to get into football games and basketball games. Yep. There you go. So an Illini fan then, I assume. I mean, not much of the school, but, you know, I root them <laughs> on, I guess. <laughs> right, you know, right. They're a local team. Yep, I hear you. I grew up you know? on, like, the D. Brown, Darren Williams, Illinois yep. team. So, Kiwan Garris. Yep, they've got a special Remember place Kiwan? for me. <laughs> yep, yep. yep. That was uh, back when they were good, you know. Uh, the the uh, not Bruce Weber, Bill Self, Bruce Weber years, I guess. <sighs> Bill Self, son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we we move on. Did you go to what did you go to school for? Did you go to school after high school? Did you go to college? 
Um, yeah, I did a little college here in town. I did uh, Parkland College, and then okay, uh, yep. I did a little bit of Eastern Illinois University, mm-hmm. uh, off-campus school. Right, and then uh, started a family and right quit all that and went on my own. That's when I kind of started. I took over the family business at that point. Okay, so uh, did... I just kind of my dad made me not, made me an offer on it, and I just kind of jumped on it, bought it. So what kind year of spiraled out of control from there? <laughs> <laughs> what year are we talking about there? Like when did all that go down? 2007, 2008, somewhere right in there. Okay, so you've been in it for 15, 16 I years now. I bought this huh? business when I was 21 years old, yeah. Nice, nice. So, yeah. so you're, you've been drinking since you owned a business, then, basically. <laughs> that's what's yes, <laughs> probably slightly before. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, okay, so you got the bow shop in 07. Um, I guess you've been, did you have anything else you were doing like aside from that, or was it always just you owned it now? That's that's kind of just what you wanted to do. Well, I mean, I would say it's what I wanted to do. It's just kind of what happened. Right, right. <laughs> you know, hey. I mean, I was, you know, hunting was my thing. So I mean, I'm all in it. I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm good at tinkering with bows. Right. You know? it, it's you know, and you're in the same ballpark. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I mean, it's just it just comes with you know comes with growing up in it. So I'm just good at it. And mm-hmm. I love being in the woods. So it's my thing. And uh you know, I just, uh, I went with it and grew it. And then, uh, in 2016, I started another little side business. Uh, I actually own all these little pedal bars downtown, Illini Pub Cycle. Okay. Yeah. So I, I started that little gig and I got a bunch of pedal bars cause I kind of got into the entertainment party industry right there. Uh huh. You know? So was um, that, was that your first step into the, into the getting to the deer and beer fest? I mean, it was just, it, you know, I, expanded myself a little bit you right. know and uh started an operation that uh, worked out really well mm-hmm. and uh you know i just stuff you know i don't know i started stepping out of the, you know what do you want to call it the norm i guess just mm-hmm. so I, i'm an old guy uh what a pedal bar educate me <laughs> yeah uh so it's a, it's basically a big giant steel machine with a bar around the top and everybody pedals and it moves and i have a, a driver and a bartender on the bike so you oh, can actually very cool pedal around town you've probably seen them i have seen those i did not realize yeah. that was the terminology excellent yeah yeah <laughs> so that's your gig there up in champagne area that's my gig yeah very cool very cool yeah so that's been working out and then really with deer and beer what kind of happened there was you know i was doing a lot of uh doing a lot of the expos myself with uh you know, just taking Hunter's Haven and, and I was doing, I was doing uh, hobby shows and outdoor hunting shows, just trying to make, you know, trying to make an extra buck here and there. So I was doing a bunch of different shows. Right. And, uh, you know, more or less I was going to them and I was, I was seeing, I don't know, just the way my brain's wired, you know, I do a lot of reverse engineering, you know, just kind of figuring them out and meeting the guys who are running them. And I'm just, you know, seeing some shows do really well and some shows not do so well. It's just mm-hmm. like, I kind of understood what makes a show do well. Right. And, and what doesn't. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. And what doesn't. And I was like, I, I can do this. You right. Know? Right. That was just basically it. And I had the right connections. I have, I had some interesting connections in the industry that just kind of allowed me to, you know, kind of create some space and, mm-hmm. you know, and there was also a little bit of opportunity with the Illinois Deer Classic moving out of Bloomington into Springfield. Right. So that also triggered part of it was because, I wondered about that. Springfield, yeah, it moved to Springfield and it went downhill big time. Mm -hmm. I think it sold, and 
you know, it's been Peoria and it's just, you know, it's been, no, it's been going, getting better. It's been getting better. But, right. uh, you know, all that was just, you know, everybody's a little bit taken back since it just got moved out of Bloomington. So I was right. just like, you know what, there might be an opening here and, just, uh, yeah, I'm going to try something. That was basically it. Okay. So what year did the, what was the first year of the deer and beer fest? 2019. 2019. So this will be the fourth year of it then. Well, um, technically, this would be my third year. COVID took out two oh, years. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. We were actually yeah. scheduled to come, I believe, with 21, and that was <laughs> it got canceled that year too, correct? Yeah, it had to. It was because... Oops. Dropping stuff here. Sorry. Guys. You're good. <laughs> um, we drop shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking about it, you know, but under the... Just just the way Illinois was still kind of posturing on opening things up, mm-hmm. I was just like, not worth it. You know, if I got if I got to try and ru- how do you run a show where you're trying to get as many people as possible to come to, yet you you're not supposed to do that, right? <laughs> you, right, you, exactly. You know, yeah, like, and, and, and basically, bow hunters aren't the type yeah. to be doing all the things that the yeah. state wanted you to do at the time. Yada yada yada. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, it's just not worth it yet. You yeah. know, I'm gonna put it off one more year. Yep. So I went to, I believe it was a sportsman's expo in Paducah. And I want to think it was the fall of 20. It was either the fall of 20 or spring of 21, but it was like the first expo that had reopened after COVID. And I thought, well, I'll go to it. And it'll either, I thought it would either be really good because it's the first one and people will be ready to get back or it'll just be crap. And, you know, I'm out three days or whatever and a little bit of money for a booth. And it ended up being the latter. I mean, there was like 15 people there, you know, all weekend. So I'm not sure even how much you would have missed by canceling those two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah there was that too. You know, it was just it's kind of high risk, low reward, no matter yep. how you looked at it. Yeah. Yep. I did. I did forget something. I did forget something. Okay. Um, back in 2010, mm-hmm. I um, I started to do like customer appreciation stuff at, at my shop right. and I would do like these big buck contests and I'd I'd do like, I was trying to do uh, like kind of big buck banquets and get all my customers kind of come in. I'll have dinner and mm-hmm. do some raffles and this and that. Mm-hmm. But I, I did, I did one show. My dad had a hundred acre farm North of town where I grew up hunting. And I did a, I did a little gig called Haven Fest. So my shop's Hunter's Haven. So mm-hmm. I did Haven Fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just did a big grill out. But what I did is I did a bunch of like archery and hunting mini games at our farm. And I had a band come in. I had a semi trailer brought in on stage. Oh, yeah. and a band and kind of through the first. I really, I looking back on it, I I literally forgot I did it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, it was so long ago. Just one like, of those things. Yeah. It's just one of those things. But you know what? Really, like, I guess that was kind of the first deer and beer fest in a way. <laughs> the unofficial. Like, yeah. The unofficial. I mean, there was no vendors other than me, mm-hmm. but I did all these cool games. Like we did, uh, we did a three D shoot. You know, we did a hundred yard shot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I did uh, like a climber kind of challenge where you were timed climbing up to a, a ribbon in a tree in a climber. Yeah, and then you were judged on a shot. So you had to climb up the tree, and then pull up your bow, and take a shot with a bow. Mm-hmm. And then climb down, and it was all timed. Right. And so it was a time score and a three D shot score. 
Okay. And then, and then I did another one where I did uh, like, how fast can you blood trail? And I did, this is so wild. I was so young. Uh, I, I did, I, and people actually showed, I had like a hundred and some odd people show up and attend and do this. I yeah. never had a blast. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, but I did this uh, mock blood trail through the woods where actually I had a guy bring me pig, like fresh pig blood from a butcher shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went and hit like a decoy, a deer decoy in the woods. Well, you got to use the real uh, thing. I mean, you got to use yeah, blood, and, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I used real blood and I made like a mock blood trail and you were timed blood trailing. That's deer, awesome. You know? I thought that, that was a fun thing. It worked out for a few hours, but after a while, blood turns black. Right. So, yep. yeah. And flies start eating it. <laughs> yeah. So the people, like, later in the day were like, this isn't fair. You know? right. so I think, yeah. They're just following the flies. <laughs> yeah, they're just following the flies. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a cool day. Okay. Yeah. So I'm yeah. guessing that the blood trailing contest won't be at the Deer and Beer Fest anytime soon. No, that one won't be okay. at Deer and Beer. That okay. one won't be. That could be interesting towards the end of the weekend. Into the yeah. you know, like into Saturday night, <laughs> yeah. There's no telling where those guys would end up. Yeah, there's a lot of well, uh, probably a lot of other trailing going on, anyways. Yeah, but yeah, the after party. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was uh. So was last year the first year you did that, or had you done that in the past two? Um, did I do that in 2019? I think last year was the first year I did that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't do that in 2019. Okay, we stopped. Uh, uh, well, I mean, we went out there and and hung out for a little while. I thought it was a you don't see that. So last a lot. year, I don't know. Like, like the, my first year in 2019 was a really busy show. Mm-hmm. I, I only had vendors in one building, so it wasn't as spread out. Right. Um, you know, everyone was more centralized, but it was a packed house. Mm-hmm. It was really packed. Um, so last year when I did it, we, you know, I tried a few new things. Like we did the auction, mm-hmm. which I can't remember. I think we did the auction the first year too, but it wasn't as, it wasn't the same. But I did the auction the second year. I didn't do the after party the first year. I did it the second year. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I'm not doing the auction. We're doing archery shoots. So we're doing a, right. a money shoot Saturday and a benefit shoot Sunday. Um, just something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last year, the auction was the auction was good. I mean, people loved it. Right. Um, but the vendors didn't. The vendors were not very happy with me with that auction. <laughs> right. Just the timing of it and all that. And it was, it was real bad. It. Looking back, I was like, I don't know why I thought that was a good idea or why it would work for the vendors. You know, that, <laughs> right, was just, right. that was just an overall bad idea. It was good for bringing people through the doors, but it, right. it just wasn't good overall. Right. So, well, I don't know. We'll, like the, We might bring an auction in a way, shape, or form, but it might not be until like Sunday after a show ends in the future right. if we ever do it again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was, I'm, that was one of the things I was, I'd like to see, too, because – you know, we go to a few shows and after last year, you sent out an email of like, okay, here's the feedback I'm getting and here's what I'm going to do to address it. And yeah, you like from a lot of other guys that run shows, you don't get that. You get a, Hey, thanks for coming. Here's when we're going to do it next year. Here's when you can expect to see your, like your contracts coming up for the next year's booth or whatever. But not a lot of times do they say, Hey, we hear you guys, you know, and this is what I'm trying to do to, to change it. So I think, in my mind, and I think a lot of other people probably would share this, when you see that, at least you know, like, you're working to make it better. And if, if even if I was, and I wasn't one of the people, because, to be honest with you, I didn't really notice that much. But, yeah. like, if, if I was one of the people that was pissed off about the auction, I think, like, now at least getting your feedback from that or hearing from you on it, like, you heard from the people who were and you're going to try to change it, I would appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, most of my vendors are back. 
Yeah. You know, there's a few of them that aren't, but I mean, you're going to have that every, at every show. For sure. For sure. You know, but I mean, I am, I mean, like my sole purpose is to grow beer and beer fest, Mm -hmm. you know, like I would love for it to be obviously take on a lot more space outside and, Mm-hmm. and have all kinds of events and, and just more going on and you know obviously get more people there more vendors there right in any way i can um so i mean to, in order to do that i gotta make sure i'm right my wrongs and i'm dialing it in you know yeah, so sure. and, I'm, and i'm learning as i go but i mean man i've had a really good start at it i mean I'm not trying to toot my own horn but it's been it's been going pretty good yeah yeah i, I mean like. again just from being there last year we missed the first year obviously which i didn't realize so maybe that speaks to the success of it. I thought the show had been going on for a while because it was, I thought it was well run and it seemed like you had your crap together and, and all that stuff. So to me, I thought, you know, it had been going on longer than a couple years for sure. Uh, but yeah. last year being our first year going to it, I thought it, I was really impressed with the show. And again, I'm not just saying that cause you're on here. I've said it plenty yeah. of times before and it's not, it's really nice. Maybe this is something that, I mean, obviously it's on purpose, but if this is a reason you thought of doing it, but it's nice to have a show towards the end of August when deer season yes. starts in October when 90% of the other shows are in March. Yeah. That, that was another big angle of mine starting this show. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, that was on purpose. Uh, you know, I, got, I was going to all these shows in January, right. February, and March, and it's like counting, you know, like how many bodies came to the door? Oh, 15,000. Okay, well, how many of those bodies were people – like ready to purchase right you know? exactly just, most people in that in that time of the year just deer season just ended they spend a bunch of money yeah you know exactly. they're looking like they enjoy going to places like that to be in that environment but man they're not really trying to spend money and unfortunately that's what those vendors are looking for they're looking for ways to supplement their income throughout yep. the year yep you know and and that helps but at the end of the day like you're you're almost beating a dead horse like you just you know mm-hmm. you can't squeeze you know everything adam yeah so it's just that time of year is just time of the year just people are just automatically excited you know it's august there's they're they're getting fired up they're getting those velvet pictures Mm -hmm. they're realizing deer season is here oh my gosh there's still things i need Mm -hmm. you know and it's just just like what you're talking about with the bow shop i mean same thing old's got to work on my bow what the hell am i (laughs) thinking (laughs) yeah yeah so and like for us we do the podcast obviously so like uh, we go to iowa every year and being in March, like you're saying, it's just close enough to the season ending that guys are, maybe even some of them are kind of burnt out. Some of them have, yeah. like you said, just got done spending a bunch of money. They want to go yeah. be a part of it and see the stuff, but you're right. They're in a, they're not really in a buying mood or a necessarily even a hunting mode. Uh, yeah. Now when you're talking about August and stuff, we sell scents and things like that too. We sell some scents and food plot seed. And yep. we do we can do a little bit of the food plot seed up there in March. But it's hard for me to sell a, a fresh yeah. deer scent in March for a guy to use yeah. the following October, you know. So that, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people like us, too, I think, that do similar products that benefit from a show that's only a month from the season, less than a month when you're talking about Missouri and Kentucky. I mean, shoot, the Kentucky opener is like September 2nd or something like that. Yep. Missouri's or September 15th right around in there every year. So... I mean, you're you're less than a month from the season opening there in some states, and I think that's a, a really good benefit. And it's nice to have a show that time of year for that reason. Yeah. Food plot seed is the one thing, though, that's like, oh, I'm a little late on food plot seed. You right, know, like, right. just it is. guys are, for the most part, better have it in the ground at that point. Yep. You still, you still catch some guys, though, that are like, 
either they know it's coming, so they're holding out to get a deal on a show stuff, or they're yeah. like, crap, I haven't got my stuff in yet. Yeah. I'm here. Got I might as well grow. buy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the, yes. You got anything that I can just throw out and it'll grow? That's a question we get all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you late enough in the year now that you got guys that may or may not be satisfied with the seed they bought last spring and put in the ground? So yeah. you have that, but other than that, you're right. Yeah, it's, yep. it, but you can't make everybody happy all the time. Yeah, I think overall the yeah the August time frame is a pretty good compromise. End of August is a good compromise on the time frame thing that works out pretty good. Um, yep. And obviously, I guess you said that was something you had planned from the start, and then so the Deer Classic moving out of Bloomington, that's kind of why you went there, I guess. There's the biggest reason you uh, went to Bloomington. Or I mean, was... so the reason the reason Deer Classic moved out of Bloomington is because the fairgrounds sold off a building. They sold off their biggest building. Okay. So the Deer Classic couldn't didn't think they could fit there anymore. So that's okay. that's the reason the Classic had to move out. Right. Um, so me starting off a show and starting it in August again, you're not dealing with winter. You know, mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, the weather's going to be nice, so I could use outdoors mm-hmm. outdoor space for the most part in, in all likeliness, mm-hmm. you know, so I wasn't as concerned about the space and, and cause every, you know, I mean, we're talking about outdoorsmen because, you know, are afraid to go outside, <laughs> exactly. you know? Yep. Um, so, I mean, that was a, a part of my thinking there and Bloomington in general is just so central to, you know, Peoria, Springfield, Champaign, you know, South of Chicago. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a good hub for people. It's an easy access kind of spot. Yep. You know, so that was, even even not just locally, but throughout the Midwest. And again, there's not that many shows in the fall. But when you're talking about like guys like us driving up from Southern Illinois to go all the way to Iowa in March because it is the show that it is. But you're talking about uh, being in Bloomington in August, being one of the only shows. But you're also somewhat close to Iowa. You're close to Missouri. You're close enough to Indiana. You're close enough to Southern Illinois, northern part of Kentucky. I think you're, mm-hmm. you're pretty centrally located within the like the whole region too. Seems like, right? Yeah, Midwest. Yeah, you're right. Yep. The interstates kind of collide right there. I mean, yeah, you can. It's an easy, easy drive from about anywhere. Yeah. I mean, as yep. long as you can find an interstate from where you're at, there's places out there where you, yeah, it's hard to find <laughs> one, but for sure that that seems to work out too. So, so you started in 2019. What are some of the things like? Uh, obviously, you talked about some of the stuff from last year, but from your first year. What are some of the things that you like expected to go really well and maybe didn't, or some things that you learned and changed just right off the bat? Uh, what did you really like about it to start with, and was it was it what you expected? Yeah, so that the first year I tried to keep it stupid simple, you right. know, like I, I tried to keep it mainly expo based. You know, I'm going to deal with loose face. We're going to do a big buck contest. I'm going to bring in like the trophies of grace, whitetail displays, and attraction. We'll do mm-hmm. some seminars. And just kind of keep it a real base model show. And because uh, I didn't want to just jump right in over my head with all the work I had to do. Because I didn't know how much right. help I was going to get, you know. Um, so since then, COVID, COVID was like starting all over, you know, oh, yeah. last year, you know. Yep. But I knew I still had to do more last year than I did the year before um, just to make it different. Right. You know? So I. I wanted to add in, and, and another big thing that's just always been on my mind is just uh, engaging people, mm-hmm. you know, like people, you know, like you just look in the entertainment industries in general, like, you know, people are always looking for a good time, you know, they want to enjoy themselves. So, I mean, how do you engage them? You know, it's so, like, that's why like this year I focused more on like 
uh, like I got the deer and beer challenge tour, mm-hmm. you know, just something small. I just kind of added in, which I thought would be, you know, it's free for attendees to, to join in on during the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get a free chance at winning a bow. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> so I'm doing like, you know, land the board on a cornhole, you know, I'll have a cornhole mm-hmm. set up to where you, you get five bags, you know, for every one you hit the board on, you get a ticket. If you get it in the hole, you get all five, you know, okay. easy. Yeah. Um, my favorite ones, this, this, what's that smell? Um, oh, lip curl sense. Yeah. You know where this is going? <laughs> no, <laughs> I have no idea. Sense. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lip curl, lip curl deer sense. Uh, d- volunteered for this to be at their booth. So anyone listening, there you go. To, to, to do this challenge. And, uh, they'll have five different flavors of sense unlabeled. Mm-hmm. And you gotta t- do the smell test. You go like, oh, that's the that's the buck rut. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, there's the noesterous. That's the oh, there's the matriarch though. Yep. You know, like you gotta, <laughs> yep. you gotta know your sense. Okay. Yep. You gotta know your sense. So, I just think a little... my wife thinks that's the most disgusting, <laughs> stupid thing. Well, and she, she's right. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know, but at the same time, it's like you know what? But people that's, are gonna that's remember. Cool that. as hell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> people are gonna remember that. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, oh, you remember smelling the deer pee at deer pee? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you remember that three, five, yeah. ten years from now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember that. Yeah. I got yeah. a little. I got a little tip for him because, like I told you, we do our own scents and we do natural stuff. So, and people look at me funny when I tell them this. But honest to God, the dough, like the dough tarsal spray, has a sweeter uh-huh. smell than the buck tarsal spray. I, yeah. I have no other way to describe it other than it's sweeter. I've never tasted it to see, you know. And by sweet, yeah. we have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah. By sweet, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but there's your little hint if you're going to the lip curl booth for your, your you smell go. test. If it smells sweet, it probably came from a dough, which, there you know, you makes enough sense. From right? a scent professional right there, it's sweeter. It does. We're using Whatever the hell that means is sweeter. <laughs> I almost feel sorry for Lip Curl because they're going to have some open bottle, open cups of beer <laughs> yeah. at their booth, and, and they're going to have to be smelling it a lot of the day. I mean, I, I'll just, you know, we'll just have to make sure they have just enough to where people can smell it. Uh, yeah, that's or whatever, classic. however they handle it. Yeah, uh, that'll be good. But, though. Yeah, it's too and bad. Then I'm, what's that? <laughs> no, nah, there's the other guy, Jeff, that does this with us. Too bad he's not oh. going. We'd send him over there. Oh yeah, all day yeah, long. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're doing the. I saw this on TikTok. It's not my idea, so I don't ever want. I don't want to. I don't want to take from anyone's, you know, creativity. Um, so I robbed it. Yeah, but I robbed well, it. Most good ideas uh, are stolen. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one was legit stolen. I uh, I saw so the Bushlight uh, Sasquatch. Uh, uh-huh. What was it? Shoot, archery shoot or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I saw it when uh, Dudley Dudley did it. Okay. Yeah. Bushlight box on his head. <laughs> yeah. And there's two two eye holes cut out in the Bushlight box. And he was shooting his bow through the eye holes at, I, I don't know if it was a beer can, but it was at a target, you know, so you had to shoot right. through the eye holes. So I'm going to do, incorporate my version of it to where it's more universal for, you know, more user friendly. So right. people don't have to bring their own bows into the show, <laughs> yeah. you know, yep. um, but a really just a recurve bow and maybe some foam tipped arrows at some beer That's cans. probably a good idea. Like yeah. You know. <laughs> So uh, I just went totally off the rails with that uh, bush light and eye hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bud light and uh, some other kind of deal. I just went way off the rail on that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I saw that video you're talking about with Dudley doing that. That'll be, yeah, that'll be entertaining yeah. for sure. Yeah. That'll just be one of the things. And then yeah. uh, Kurt, 
Kurt Guy requested beers be be part of it. Okay, which yep. is you know you got to knock the bottle off yes. the stand with a frisbee. Oh yeah, yep. So we'll be doing a little of that. And the last one, what was it? it was oh, guess the score of the buck. Yep. Yeah. So we'll have. And at first, I was like, guess the score of the buck. Here's the buck. Guess the score with your if we were within ten inches. Uh, you know, you get one ticket within eight, you get two within six, you get three within four. You know, right. you get more tickets the closer you get. But you know, it's like, oh, what happens if someone someone figures out the answer and they go tell all their friends? Yeah, it's right. Like, okay, yep. so we got to have like five or ten deer, mm-hmm. and you got to roll a dice to figure out which one you're gonna guess. There you know, you like go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mix it up so, a little. Yeah, you got to mix it up. That's yeah. a like even when you're talking about with the smell, the scent thing, and the the bow shoot or whatever. It's not only the people that are participating in it that are gonna remember it, but it's just the ones walking around and they just catch. They look over and see some oh, dude. Yeah with a 12-pack box on his head, <laughs> shooting at yeah. a beer can. That's fun for them, too. You don't even have to participate in it. and you, You're right. You know, it's fun for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Or you yeah. see some guy throwing up because he just got a snort of, <laughs> of deer piss. Is there a guy gagging? Yeah. That's stuff that's, yeah, that's good because it's not just for the people participating in it. It's fun for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And that's, it, you know, like, and that was one thing, like, when, when I first thought of deer and beer back in, it would have been 2018, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I put it out there that I was going to do it. Kurt, uh, with the working class bow hunter guys, he was mm-hmm. one of the first guys to contact me. He was like, dude, I'm all in, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, he, uh, oh shoot. He, uh, oh man, there I go. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. I was, you'll <laughs> have it on your bigger. Day. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back yeah. to you, but I was going to say yeah. that it seems like, just from talking to you for half an hour and listening to uh, even you on their podcast, uh, it seems like that's a pretty good marriage between the two, the working class guys and what you're trying to do with the Deer and Beer Fest. It seems like that works out, I mean, just perfect. And it just just came back to me. You know, we he was just like, dude, I'm all for what you guys are doing. Let's, like, I want this to be a party. I want this to be an end-of-the-year expo season, just good time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, that's all I want. I want want people to come and have a good time, you know, like. Yep. Like, I, you know, I want my vendors to do good, obviously. You know, right. like, that's a big focus because I can't grow the show if the vendors are not happy and not right. making money. Right. Um, but, I mean, a good time is literally at the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. because the show won't be – if it's not fun for everyone, it's not going to It's not gonna last. You yeah. Know? And part of worrying so, about your vendors is getting people through the door. And if they're having a good yep. time, you're going to get more people through the door. So, yep. you know, A plus B and C and all that stuff, it's going to work out for your vendors. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I think this year's like it's according to you know I'm no statistical you know social media analyst, but well you're safe I feel around like the here. Than, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. a good company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but my the numbers look really good. I think this year's going to be probably our biggest year. Sweet, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be good. I gotta say too for the the expos and stuff, the social media accounts. I think yours has got to be close to the top. Good. I That's think. The, which is good. I guess that engagement you're talking about too. And I would think, have you seen a correlation in that? Like in the past, the couple shows or have you paid yeah, that much attention I'm, to it? Yeah, no, I have. I've seen, I've seen very little social media presence and no turnout. I've seen very little social media presence and a big turnout. Right. You know, but those big turnouts from little social media presence are those big shows that people are going to go to. Yeah. You know, like, cause it is, it, cause it, the, yeah. It's been around. Yeah. Everybody knows it's the show. It's been around. They know it's happening. Yep. They're yep. They got their mailers and their emails, and they're they're probably doing stuff underneath, you know, right outside of social media. Right. But 
Um, but I have been to a few where it's like, why did I come to this show? <laughs> yeah. That was me in Kentucky in that, that COVID year or whatever it was. I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. I'm sitting across from some dude selling traps, and the guys beside me are selling crappie jigs. And, like, the 15 people that came through talked to them, just went right past my booth. And I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? But yeah. you got to go or you don't know, I guess. That's it. Yeah. And then I, the, started a, I started a little Facebook group, actually, for okay. vendors. Okay. I don't know if you guys got the invite or not. I have no I idea. I <laughs> you check. You okay. check. Mid- I mean, I shouldn't put it out there. We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, that's it's fine. for vendors only. It's for vendors only, so listeners can't get in on there. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll <laughs> make sure go. and remind you of that. That's yeah. okay. The two yeah. listeners are paying attention now. Don't really matter. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So correct me if I'm wrong. There was uh, the Illinois Deer and Turkey Show up there at one point, right? That was a different show than the Deer Classic. No. It was the same. Okay. So Illinois Deer and Turkey Classic was the original one in Bloomington. Okay, so that was the Illinois Deer Classic. like Yes. Okay, that's yes. the same so show I'm I, thinking of. And I can't remember when it moved to Springfield. I don't know if it changed names when it moved to Springfield or if it changed names when it was sold and moved to, to okay. Peoria. Okay, well, that makes more sense to me because um, someone had mentioned it to me. One of the guys, uh, one of our fellow podcasting guys, had mentioned something about the Deer and Turkey Classic. And I was like, all right. Uh, I looked for it and couldn't find it. Obviously, I could find the Deer Classic. And it was in the same location. So I wondered if that was a, the same show or not, or if there was another show that was up in Bloomington, and that one moved out as well. But You're going I, way back now. I didn't know. Yeah. It was, I think, Bonnier or Events owned it when it was in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And they sold it to a company, uh, I believe, and moved it to Springfield. Or maybe they moved it to Springfield and then ended up selling it. Right. Um, and then the same gentleman who runs the Iowa Deer Classic mm-hmm. has it now, mm-hmm. and that show, that Iowa Deer Classic, was holy cow big. That's a yeah. I think I mentioned Probably earlier. We've, of the year. we've been going to that one. Well, we have we been two years or three years. I've been up there too. Okay, so we've been to that one two years, and like as far as as long as we're doing shows, I intend to go back because it's just. I mean, that yeah, is that's like an easy one. That's I mean, a no brainer. Like, it's like the show, right? When it comes to yeah. whitetail stuff, yeah, and it is in March. So, I mean, yeah, but but everybody still goes. To, I mean, it's just a unbelievable it's Iowa, big under show. Under density in Iowa compared to Illinois. There's, yeah, know. I mean, you can't. This it's just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the amount of people that go through there, and and even you know in that time of year, it still seems like just because the maybe it's because of the amount of people. There's still a pretty good amount of people that are yeah. are willing to spend some money. So they maybe yep. they don't have to worry about it as much, but. Yeah, that's one that's, and I don't know how long they've been doing it either. I mean, I that's been around for as long as I can remember. Long time, yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, even with, like I said, with your show even being two years old, last year I thought it was, I thought it had been around for a long time too. That shows how much research I did before we came up there. But <laughs> to be honest with you, I was just looking for a show that was that time of year, and yeah, and that's what it was. I assume you probably see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and I feel like the, well, there's the Deer Classic goes on in Wisconsin. That's about that time of year. Yeah. There's the Deerassic, which is in Ohio. Right. That I think goes on maybe in July. Right. Um, there's not many, but there's a few. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what is your favorite part about about doing the Deer and Beer Fest? Man, the after party for me, because that's the time of day I get to settle down. You just kind of relax a little bit? Yeah. I mean, the day's behind me. It's the end of the day. I get to listen to some music, hang out with everybody, all the vendors, you know, and just 
everybody's relaxed and chill. Yep. And then uh, going into Sunday, you know, Sundays are generally a slower, easier day. Mm-hmm. Different so, crowd usually seems different like. Different crowd, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So are you... What's it look like for you on the as far as the uh, we'll call it the stress cycle with putting together a show like this? Is it man? It's more work than I thought it'd ever be. I can tell you that. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, let's say right now because we're what two weeks out, uh, a little over two weeks out uh, from the show. Is it to the point where you're like, okay, I know who's coming for the most part. You're getting settled in, and then it's going to be crazy when the show hits, or is it still just like you're all over the place? Um, I mean, I, I know where I'm at. I mean, we were almost sold out of vendor space last week. I had just like one or two booths left, but I recently had a, a pretty big vendor have to back out due to an emergency. Okay. Uh, got, got called into work, (laughs) like his main job, you know, (laughs) well, I get six booths. He had six booths, so it was like, ah, oh man, big chunk open up, you know. But it's fine. I sold a few of them, and, and, right. and, and everything's worked out. I mean, you always got more uh, people that want to come. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and just now, I mean, just because traffic's here. I mean, yeah, we're we're still two weeks out. Like, I still have vendors emailing me saying, hey, "Right, is there space? Is there space? Like, it's gonna, yep. it'll be fine." And I and I already have more vendors than I did last year, even accounting at that. Sweet. So I mean, that's it's already good, you know. So. I'm, uh, you know, this time right now I'm just focusing on the marketing, mm-hmm. focusing on being that organic posting, um, making sure that it's, you know, I'm hitting everybody's feeds. Um, my radio ads will start hitting here. Um, you know, should generate some more social media presence, uh, you know, and making sure the hype is just built up. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, and then we get to the show and everybody's just pumped up and ready to be there and happy to be there. You yeah. Know? Yep. How much That's of it just, is, uh, like, like the nitty gritty getting contracts put together or whatever and sent out and billing and all that stuff and finding all vendors years. versus like show promotion and marketing and stuff. So I spend, yeah, it's like the first six months of the year is, is getting vendors on board. Right. You know, all and the- it's hard to sell vendors that far out. Yeah. It really is. You, I, I would love for all my vendors to be like, you know, and we're coming back, you know, right, and right. Uh, everyone commits and I don't have to do all that work for mm-hmm. six months. You know, that'd be wonderful. But mm-hmm. No, I have to sit there and you know have to email and reach out. Oh yeah, and everybody's and nobody, books are nobody can too. really plan that far ahead. They want to, but they can't. Right, you know, and it's Even, hard to get commitment. But then yeah. when you when I start pumping the ads about the show, that's when everybody starts to get. It's just like the consumers. The vendors get just excited about the shows. The consumers do at the same time. Yep, yep. So I you guess know? obviously that helps that too. When you're when you're promoting and marketing, you're kind of killing at least one and a half birds with the same stone. It'd be a lot easier to market if I had all the vendors on board. I knew that, you know. Yeah, for but sure. Like, hey, so and so's coming. Hey, so and so's coming. You know. Right. So, what about even the the bigger names that that you have there? Are they pretty much? Hey, I'm coming back next year. You you can count on them, or are they like everybody else, where it's like, well, we think we're going to, but we don't know. Call us back in a month, and then you call them back in a month, and they say, hey, we think we're going to call me back in a month. Like, what do you get from those guys? That is just that's that's part of the angle I have on the industry. You know, knowing yeah. people, knowing the right people, you yeah. know, those are all generally sales reps that are all hungry mm-hmm. and, and they're going to be there as long as they can, you know? Right. Um, and so that, yeah, I work on those commitments early. Yeah. And those relationships come from your bow shop, I assume. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a pretty good, uh, like you said, pretty good angle, I guess is coming at those guys since you know them already. I assume those are probably some of the first guys you reached out to when you started the show. Yep. Yeah. That that definitely, yep. I assume, would make your life easier or made your life easier in the beginning. It does. You know, getting a little bigger names on board. Yep. 
um, you know, it makes it easier for smaller guys to commit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, nobody cares that Ridge Hunter Outdoors is coming to the show, but they care that Hoyt or whoever is coming, right? So you can market those guys, and then that's where guys like us get our exposure because people are coming for those bigger names they recognize, and then and we can get in there. And that's what I like about the expos, and especially, like, some of them that aren't quite as big is because there are a lot of there are a lot of people like us too. And we, even as the vendors get to meet other vendors and meet new people and make connections and stuff like that. So it's yeah. cool from our end of it too. Um, when, when we can get there and, and meet all those new people and obviously help get our name out. And a lot of that is owed to the bigger companies making those commitments and stuff. Yep. So, yep. yeah. And hopefully, I mean, I think this year will be, you know, like the year that, okay. Like most of these vendors are going to, easily want to sign on for next year right you know i think this is finally the second year after covid coming back where Mm -hmm. everyone's you know kind of getting back into that into that mode yep well just from being there last year i'm looking forward to to being up there again this year i don't know it's going to be a great show and i expect it to be even better than last year just based on the stuff that you've you've talked about today and then the stuff that you know in that email i was talking about earlier kind of things that are going to be different so I'm looking forward to it. Um, you got anything else you want to share about it before we get you out of here? I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Cole. Oh, yeah. No, you're fine. Um, free youth activities all weekend. That was another thing that, you know, when it comes to user engagement, we didn't really talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I made it this, like last year and years prior, like I was work. I work with a non-for-profit on getting all those activities uh, into the show. Right. And in previous years, it was like, Hey, let's, I'm going to bring people to the door. You man, you, you bring the equipment and we'll just split, you know, a fee. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it was, it, it worked out, but it didn't, you know, I mean, it was barely worth their time. So this year, what I did was I sought out sponsors and I had a bunch of sponsors step up to the plate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and pay, uh, to sponsor these youth activities, Spiros Law being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Spiros is an attorney in town, great guy, mm-hmm. bow hunter, you know. There like, you go. Yeah, he was all about it. Right. Um, PSC Archery stepped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sponsored one of my shop. Brian Hannon, Landman, Illinois, realtor, stepped up and did it. Um, a few other sponsors. So, anyway, I was able to, what I did was those guys sponsoring those youth activities. I'm able to make those youth activities free for anyone who comes in the, for these families and kids that come in the doors. Right. So, you know, that's big. Kid, a 12 year old kid can come into Deer and Beer for free at the door and do, have fun all weekend. Yeah. You know, yeah. for nothing. And it's not you know? costing mom and dad any extra. It's not costing mom and dad that's, anything. That's huge. And, especially if, yeah. if it's just mom. That's and the huge. other side that's of that. Huge. Yeah, and the other side is those parents can say, "All right, go have fun," and the parents can go have a drink. <laughs> exactly, walk the show and spend some money. Yep, you know? that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you said that too about the kids because you do see all, a lot of families there together, and uh, yeah. I don't know how young they're trying to start them. But last year we were sitting in our booth, and I think it was Saturday afternoon, uh, evening, afternoon. It was kind of a little bit of a lull. And a family walked through, and they had a, a stroller with a kid in it, and they had the cup holders on the stroller, right? And it's mom and dad. And then they've got probably a five- or six-year-old, I would guess. Yeah. And dad's got his tall boy sitting in the cup holder on the stroller. Well, him yep. and mom get distracted talking to the people who are raffling oh, off no. the bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and the six-year-old, I guess, was thirsty. Well, <laughs> he reached up there for that tall boy and got both hands on it and 
got it out of the cup holder, and Mom turned around, and I mean snapped that thing out of his hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in time. But uh, yeah, damn that, it, boy! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favorite. Just little, I mean, little things that you remember from the shows or whatever. But yeah, yeah it's but you do see a lot of kids there, so that's cool. That was a good idea. You guys had to do that stuff because you're right. That'll make that'll make lives a lot easier for mom and dad. Yeah, I mean, it's, that whole area is fenced in. There's mm-hmm. volunteers, mm-hmm. like they're all watching everything. Like it's just, it's a good little area. I mean, they're not trying to be babysitters out there by any means, but right, right. you know, like they're they're, they're not going to let anything bad happen. They're not going to let anything bad happen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So before we do get you out of here, make sure and tell everybody where they can find like any of your social media accounts, whether that be Deer and Beer Fest or yours, and then your bow shop too, if you got social media for that. If you want to plug yeah. anything, just go for it. Yeah, man. Uh, $100,000 in door prize giveaways at Deer and Beer Fest too. We didn't even get into that. I forgot all about that. Shoot, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we got three $3,000 e-bikes being given away, one each day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There you go. 20 PSE bows, PSE sponsored with – giving us 25 bows to give away as the shop mm-hmm. or at, at beer and beer fest. Uh, 20 of those are going to the door prizes. Five are getting given away in the big buck contest and mm-hmm. uh, the challenge and just other places. Um, 20 tree stands, 20 ground blinds, 130 trail cameras, 300 packs of broadheads, all kinds of lighted knocks, 20 sets of night vision cameras. Uh, the list goes on huge mm-hmm. list mm-hmm. of giveaway items, door prize giveaways. Um, and that's another big angle on getting, people under the doors and, for sure you know, generally i mean your odds of winning stuff is very good yeah you know if like, you come if you don't come for anything else come for that yeah that's it yep um but yeah deer and beer um you can learn more find us on facebook illinois deer and beer fest that's where i keep most of the uh new activity and just everything that's going on with the show up to date mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh yeah my my uh Archery shop, Hunter's Haven, Champaign, Illinois. So that's where I spend most of my day, seven days a week. Although, after deer and beer, I will be leaving town for Colorado. There you Elk go. Mountains, yeah. Uh-huh. So that would be me checking out for about 10 days, September 14th through the 24th. So don't come looking for me then. There you go. That's the right time <laughs> yeah. of year to be out there, too. It yeah. is. Yeah, what part yeah. of Colorado? Um, you know what? I got like a plan A, plan B, plan C. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. I'm on That's plan cool. G, I think now, <laughs> yeah, you okay. know? So, I mean, I don't really even know. I mean, I know we were going to start out West Central, you know, and just kind of, we're going to start there and see where we go. I understand. You know? I understand. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, tell you what, we'll get you out of here. I will see you at the show. And then cool. sometime after you get back from killing your 360 inch bull elk, <laughs> We'll have you yeah. call back on and tell us that story. How about that? Boy, if it's brown, it's down. I don't <laughs> That's what. right. Absolutely. I'll shoot a spike bull out there if it's legal. <laughs> you Absolutely. Yeah, you All right, man. Well, thank, thanks again for taking the time to come on here and uh, talk about the show and everything that's going on and just kind of yep. your background, too. I know people appreciate that. Yep. Thank you, guys. Yep. 